Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. There's no doubt about it. We are currently living in a victimhood culture. Yes, you heard that correctly. We are currently living in a victimhood culture. As a result, many people in our culture are resorting to whining and complaining while simultaneously blaming everybody else for anything bad in their lives. Let's call these people, let's call them fake victims. These fake victims, well, they focus on a lot of personal problems and want to have others acknowledge those problems, their struggles. Oftentimes, these fake victims can become competitive, though, trying to out, well, trying to out-impress or to have bigger oppressors than those around them. Social media doesn't help with this matter at all, either. You see, social media often plays a big role by allowing fake victims to share their so-called stories of injustice and victimhood which leads to a public outrage, tons of outrage online. Indeed, social media amplifies this dynamic with public narratives centered around inequality, discrimination, prejudice, and unfairness, which then triggers a cycle, a cycle of outrage and virtue signaling. And so the goal of a fake victim playing the victimhood game is often to gain sympathy and understanding or even attention so that other people will recognize their difficulties and offer them support. Tragically, tragically, these fake victims never take responsibility for themselves, and they seem to always portray themselves as a victim for attention and exaggerate their hardships for personal gain and even manipulate others emotionally. And we Christians... Well, we often fall prey to fake victims. That is to say, the church's compassionate side, the compassionate nature of the church that's embedded in the culture, perhaps the DNA of the church, it can often be exploited 
often exploited by these fake victims, leading the church to offer support and resources to so-called victims without realizing that the church, while the church is being deceived and taken, taken by evil victimhood tactics. Now, dear friends, it is important to keep in mind, though, as we cover all of this, it is important to keep in mind that there's a big difference. There's actually not a big, but a huge difference between fake victims and real victims. You see, the Holy Scriptures, God's holy writ, his holy scriptures never approve of the oppression of real victims. That is to say, there are certainly people in this world who have been unjustly beaten, raped, murdered, and mugged, to name just a few, just a few situations that are out there. Furthermore, the scriptures do acknowledge that there will be suffering in this world, that there is indeed suffering in this world, as many will suffer unjustly at the hands of evildoers and their plots and their schemes. However, at the same time, we must never forget that at the very core, the very core of every single person's thoughts, their words and their deeds, at the very core of each and every single one of us, of every single human person, at the very core, there's no such thing as a theological victim before God Almighty. Indeed, there's no such thing as a theological victim before God Almighty. You see, the Apostle Paul and Jesus himself, they do not leave a single person out of the category of sinner. And guess what? To boot, Scripture does not allow us to blame our sin on Adam and Eve or perhaps the devil himself, but lays that blame for that sin right at, right at our feet, right at all of our feet, right before us. And so again, theologically, vertically speaking, before God Almighty, every single person in this world is responsible for their sin. You and I cannot play the victim card, vertically speaking, before God, but must confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by our own fault, by our own most grievous fault. Now, considering all this, if anyone had a right to adopt a victim mentality, to blame other people for his sufferings and his injustice, it would have been most definitely Jesus. In fact, many in culture have actually thrust Jesus into a victimhood status. And so Jesus has been categorized by some people in culture right now as a victim of racism, also a victim of political oppression, a victim of religious persecution, a victim of economic class warfare, and even, as the most recent book has asserted, a victim of sexual abuse. Perhaps you and I, perhaps you and I have seen Jesus as a victim as well. Maybe not a victim of racial, political, religious, or economic or sexual abuse, but nonetheless a victim. That is to say, if we look at Jesus' suffering and his death at the hands of the Jewish leaders in the Roman Empire, if we look at all of that narrative, the whole story of his suffering and his death and his burial, if we look at all of that and we say to ourselves, poor little helpless Jesus, poor, 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 helpless little Jesus, all alone and suffering with those big bad whips and that big bad cross. If we view Christ that way, I'm afraid to say, we're no better off, 
no better off than those who have painted Jesus as a victim of racial, political, religious, economic, and sexual oppression. And the reason why this is so is because what, of what we heard in our reading from the Gospel of Matthew this morning, what we heard just now. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear about that day, that incredible day, when Jesus was transfigured like the sun. In other words, that day on that mountain before Peter, James, and John, Jesus' face, his face lit up like the sun. That day, indeed, his face flashed like sunbeams. His clothing, it says, became white as a flashing light. He was, get this, he was transfused visibly with divinity before Peter, James, and John. Now, the reason why we must draw attention specifically to this is because Jesus did not reach for divine glory on that mountaintop. In other words, here this way, Jesus did not go to this mountain and then somehow exert some sort of spiritual power, reaching up to somehow extend out of his humanity to somehow clamor to reach up and get some divine status. No, that is not what happened that day. Mount Transfiguration, at that Mount of Transfiguration, it was not Jesus' powering up moment. Instead, what happened on that mountain that day is that Jesus, get this, that he gave a glimpse. Christ gave a glimpse of his divine majesty. The divine majesty that he already had by virtue of who he already was. Baptized saints, when we read the scriptures and hear about Jesus walking and talking, teaching, eating, sleeping, suffering, and dying, when we read all of that, we must understand that he did this by voluntarily laying down his divine majesty. Listen carefully. Jesus did not always use his divine majesty. He actually abstained from the constant use of his divine divinity so that he could assume the form of a servant. That is to say, Jesus, he laid down his divine majesty to appear in the likeness of you and me. If Jesus had always and fully used his, we could say it this way, his Mount Transfiguration divine majesty, if he always used that, then Jesus could not have become the atoning sacrifice for your sin. He could not become your sin substitute. The work of Jesus to remedy the problem of sin could only happen if Jesus laid down his transfigured glory and instead descended off that mountain into the harsh human condition of sin and death on a cross. And so, and so, when Jesus went to that bloody cross on Mount Calvary, when he went into that dark valley of the shadow of death, he did not do it as a helpless victim. Indeed, he did not do it as a helpless victim. He was not helplessly arrested, tried, convicted, and beaten, and crucified, as if he did not have any power, as if he did not have any power over those circumstances. And so listen up, there's no such thing as a poor little Jesus on the cross suffering helplessly because of some big bad oppressor that does not exist. We must never forget that Jesus was fully capable. He was fully capable of calling to his Father to send over 12 legions of fighting and battle-ready angels. That is 72,000 angels at his disposal. 
but he did not do this. He did not do this. And so to be perfectly clear, Jesus did not go to dark Calvary as a helpless victim under the power of a big, bad, oppressive Roman Empire. Again, there's no such thing as a poor victim Jesus on a bloody cross. There's no such thing as an underprivileged Jesus helplessly condemned by the religious elites of the day. Instead, Jesus intentionally and deliberately humbled himself to the point of death, yes, to the point of death on a cross to willfully and lovingly atone for every single sinner of the world. Baptized saints, Jesus Christ is Almighty God. We saw that and we heard that in the Transfiguration. Yet he became weak for you and for me. He was the creator and Lord of all things, yet he subjected himself to your sin and your death. He is the Prince of Life, and yet he allowed himself to be captured and slain by mankind for your salvation. And so theologically, before God Almighty, there's no such thing as a Christian victim. Yes, you may very well be a victim in this life of oppressors bigger than you. You may even suffer. Yeah, we may even suffer from them. However, you are never truly a victim for Christ has not given you and me what we deserve but given you and me, yes, a hope, adoption as his sons and daughters. He's not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of slavery, but one of freedom, one of confidence, one of assurance, one of forgiveness, one of his identity as his child, his son and daughter. Jesus did not become a victim, but he suffered as a servant and endured faithfully so that he could be a true redeemer for you and for me and for all of mankind. And because Jesus is our true Redeemer, we see this world with different eyes, you and me. We do not look at the world around us through the lens of victimhood. We do not need to blame every single person that we encounter that gives us an injustice. We do not need to keep score and record of wrongs. We do not resort to broadcasting our laments on social media, as so many do. And we do not need to suffer alone. We do not suffer alone. Instead, you and I are sinners living among other sinners. And as sinners, our hope, our assurance, and our justice are found in the majestic divine Christ who humbled himself to the point of death to make full, satisfa- to make full satisfaction, indeed to make full satisfaction for you, me, and our neighbor. And then, get this, call you sons and daughters, to call you a son, to call you a daughter, in whom he is well pleased. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The Lord bless and keep you.